bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this. Is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics, like we're talking about reality TV. Surprise! We're late again. <laughs> we're late. You know. We're late again. It was we had a fucking very busy week. Very busy last week. Very and this busy. Week. Oh my god. We did get the Patreon podcast up. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Barely. Yeah. Down to the wire. Not good. No. Very. A hot mess, if you will. But well, you know, we did. We had fun. Well, I, uh, sorry, not sorry. Because <laughs> whenever we get busy, it means I have to drink during things, right? Just yes. to go stay in the moment. So it becomes a late night event. Everything. Yeah, there is yeah. always going to be something to do at all times. You know, um, I was listening to Howard Stern, and he was talking about Ronnie, the limo driver who moved to Vegas, who apparently like is 70-something years old and whatever and whatever. The guy's out at strip clubs. He's out at 4 in the morning. He's out. Yeah. He's partying. He's fucking doing everything. And yeah. He's, you know, but we've and totally met him, by the totally way. Totally met him. <laughs> and he is fucking the best and whatever and hilarious and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then Howard is like, God, the energy you have. Like, I'm, in be- I'm asleep by 6 p.m. And that's what me- that made me think of you. Like, you have, you don't realize it, but you have so much fucking energy. Really? Yes, you can stay up all night. Oh, well, I mean, I'm somebody that like doesn't, if I'm doing something or focusing on something, I don't like get sleepy. Like I'm not, I would never, ever fall asleep while I was driving unless I was like high on pills or something. That is insane. That's yeah. insane. I could fall asleep right now. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't even know what <laughs> I, I, I can't. And I just, I just can't control it. I can't. And I have love drive, and I love driving. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna drive for 18 hours straight. Da-da. I can't. Mm-mm. I can't. No, and it's good you know that. Yeah, I don't know. And then this week, because we were we were shooting on a soundstage, Johnny hired us for this thing that Johnny's doing. Mm. And then I did this. I did a commercial, and it's yeah. just I, so when we do, and even if we do like if we do Jeff Lewis or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like. I have to take Benadryl for all of those things because right. I because I can't get into a scenario where certainly like with Jeff Lewis, he has cats, you know. Oh, I, God. I we were in every like alert allergy, allergen, yeah. allergen, yep. uh, pharmaceutical commercial this week. And as the as the Benadryl builds now, now I'm not a sleepy person and I, I have never thought of myself as someone with so much energy because I'm so lazy well, I don't know. It's because you've, co- be- well, I guess because you're so lazy, you've collected all the energy yeah. <laughs> and you can fucking stay up and you can. That I mean, honestly, go- like that, like that, like gave me life so hard. I'm like, oh my God. Like I just, I suddenly I was at my funeral 
and and I imagined just people, even though really probably just you'd be the only one people would be there and be like, well, no, I don't really classify her. Someone with a lot of energy. I mean, but I had to, needed to imagine a lot of people being like, she's just boundless. She's just endless energy. So much energy. Endless, endless fucking energy. I've never I mean, thought of it that way. At 7 p.m. Um, we're good. Let's let's do a Patreon or whatever. I'm like, what are you talking about? I need to go to bed. <laughs> or let's meet me. The one the other night, we're like, are you going to meet me at the restaurant? I was like, what? Do you, what? And wow. by the way, that was at five. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to leave my I'm already at home. I don't. So I just. Yeah, I think oh, a lot of I, energy. Had been, I had been up since like before that. Day. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean. There you go. There's a newsflash for you. Well, the Benadryl builds up and then it, I become a person who stops and sits and I'm like dozing off and I'm like, whoa, that's weird. But that's I know, all I love Benadryl. That. I love when that happens to you. Yeah. It's so great. And you'll see it too. I'll be like, I think we just need to take a nap. I just need to take a nap really fast. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, awesome. And it really does make me have empathy for people who, who feel drowsy because Feeling drowsy and not being able to sleep is just as torturous as needing to sleep and not being tired and being in bed. And and it's, yes. it feels like physical torture when you yes. can't sleep, yes. but you're stuck in bed uh-huh. and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I have to wake up in two hours and, yeah. and the time's going down. Yep. And then it's the same when you're drowsy, but you can't sleep. Like you're not allowed to sleep. Yes. It's, it's not appropriate to oh. fall asleep at that and, time. Or you're just, you can't. Yeah, it's awful. awful. It's torture. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know. I've never thought of myself as a sleepy person. Yeah, but drowsy. You're a drowsy person. I am a drowsy yeah. person. It's well, bizarre. I've never thought of myself as a wonderful um, and, and energized person. But now, mm-hmm. watch out, world. <laughs> yeah, watch out, world. It's the, it's the, it's the dichotomy of being energized yet lazy yeah and you know what people would always tell me when i do stand up like where's your energy come from i'm like because i have to fall asleep the second i'm done you know what i mean oh yeah you have energy while you're while you're moving and talking but like literally the minute like you just have to listen you're like (laughs) falling asleep (laughs) and yet my therapist my better help therapist would say that i'm total adhd i think that might be a, a a quality of ADHD because not being able to listen or focus. Mm-hmm. If you're focusing and engaged on what you're listening to or say watching on TV, mm-hmm. you don't normally get tired. So you're not focusing, you're drifting. And then like, mm-hmm. like you're like tits or maybe you're like, <laughs> I love Sour Patch Kids. And then, uh huh. Yes, correct. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hold on to the fact that I feel that I'm the person with the most ADHD that's ever lived, apparently, due to my test results. So that keeps me going. I'm going to hold on to the fact that you can fall asleep faster than anyone <laughs> and that you may just be narcoleptic. I, mean, I, I, um, I feel definitely feel like I'm one thing away from narcolepsy. I've never seen anyone talk lucid, like in full <laughs> lucidity, like, yeah, no, I think we should. Um, that sounds good. Like, let's leave. Like, what do you want to leave? Like around six? OK, that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> And I'm like, is she serious or is she pretending? I used to think you were doing it as like a gag, like a joke. I'm like, ha ha ha, stupid. And I'm like, wait, she's fucking like literally sleeping. Well, the shit is late. The shit is fucking late. It's it's a hard knocks life over here. We're doing our best. The regular weed. This regular weed. It's just, it's a fucking doozy, man. It's a lot of fucking work. And it's it takes time. It can't just be... Uh You know, the the randomness of the Patreon. And even Mm -hmm. then, you know, if if we want those to be extra, you know, 
special, that does take a work too and prep. But for mm-hmm. these, there is no phoning it in. There is literally no phoning the shit in. Even though sometimes it's like, did they they clearly phone that in? It's like, no, 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 that took hours and hours and hours. Oh, and I hours of I work. took eight hours to phone in the so there's that for the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So just know that. Well, Stacy Van Ness, mm, okay, mm-hmm. who we love, and I just want, I need Stacy to know, and I really need you to know that when Stacy sent in her picture postcard for the Drug Den Bulletin Board, she sent it with her, it's a picture of her and her wife, Aisha, and I feel like they're at like, I feel like they're honestly at like a Buffalo Bills football game or something. I cannot mm-hmm. see their beanies, but they're clearly in the snow. Okay. The, her Stacey's is red. It looks like they're, I don't know why I feel like they're at the football game. Uh-huh. And I had the postcard at my house first because I got, went to the mail and there, it's a close up of their faces and Mighty looked into <laughs> Stacey's eyes and was growling at the postcard. <laughs> Because the eyes are so lifelike, and uh-huh. she's got these, like, light-colored blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And Mighty saw... I don't know what she saw. But now it's on the <laughs> bulletin board, and it's it's in the drug den. So, of course, we have different vibes in here, guys. Yeah. Just it's different drug vibes. Mm-hmm. And I like to think her eyes are a portal to another world. <laughs> so I sometimes look into her eyes when I need to, like... God, that's a great fucking... <laughs> concept for a yeah. movie so i'll have Ugh. whole things with it where i'll be like okay oh let me just look into stacy's eyes and see if the if if jesus speaks to me it's or called stacy's eyes stacy's eyes guys you know what i mean stacy's eyes guys and stacy does always send i think she's she's said throughout the you know the last year that she has a thing with her family about like subversive jesus gifts uh-huh. so she's gotten us like I love Jesus coloring book that I like gave to Ren. Just so right. you know, Stacy, because she does love Jesus. Yeah. Like my goddaughter Ren. Mm-hmm. And just different, like the magnet where we, for Halloween, where we can put clothes on Jesus, like mm. make him like. Yeah, like Prince. Yeah, or different, like a different, different costume. Like a construction stripper man from Magic Mike. So she sent us each our own gifts this week. Oh. And I recently talked on the Patreon about going to. A family bridal shower uh-huh. and it being no being alcohol free. Yes. And me wondering why did I not buy alcohol <laughs> right before I got there, have it in uh, my trunk and right. pop out and down it in my trunk. Mm-hmm. She said, Brandy, for your next non-alcoholic Christian bridal shower, love from Stacy Van Ness. It is describe it, Memo. I would say from the looks of it, it looks like a like a palm size. A little bigger than a palm, let's say a man's hand size, like a real man's hand size, Bible. Like, yeah, little. You know what like I mean? Kind of like they used to do Bibles in the olden days. Yeah, like, like it's a, a little, small Bible. Yeah, like because you had to go from your horse and carriage, or you had to walk three miles from your farm to the chapel, right. and you don't have a, you don't have to, you can't be carrying some big thing, so you carry it in your little hand or in your purse or My in your satchel. My mom has an antique Bible, mm, like cool. from her, and it's this size. Oh, so you're okay, right. Yeah. I like the picture you're painting, and because I know that I have a small something like that too. That's like that. It's like with the gold. Yeah, I can see it, and this is a beautiful Bible. Yeah, it's black. Little. The, the pages are gilded gold on the side. Yeah, the gilded gold. And the front the says thing. the good book with a beautiful cross. It's the good black book. and gold. Very sexy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it was only, of course, I want you to know, Stacey, I was like, oh, cute. And then it was only Julie that opened it because, of course, she has to immediately dive into any Bible and be like, let me see. And so I would never have known. But when you open, because I would have never opened the Bible. <laughs> but when you open it, 
it's a flask inside. Yeah, it's like cut out pages of the book with a flask inside. So it's great. So you should bring that to your next Christian thing with your family and be like, oh, let me just pop. Let me just pop the psalm open. A perfect oh, size flask. Yep. And I love a cut out book. Yeah, exactly. Because I could put and also I could put different drugs in here you, as well. You absolutely could just you could put fuck that. the flask. Yeah. I could put like a little container of anything I want. You could also put the um, combination to the safe. Yeah. You could put the lockbox numbers. You could put I could put the key to the, the to the, the safe key, deposit box. The key to the safe deposit box. You could put which like, has the instructions of how to get to the portal through Stacy's eyes. Mm. So it's all connected. The real key key though was what she got for you. And, uh-huh. and I need mom. I was I've been meaning to text you, but I I want you to have this information via this. <laughs> Okay, so she said, Julie, this is for you and Dumpling. Hopefully he loves it as much as my kitty Bruschetta. It's a window bird feeder. My cat just stares at the birds in the window all day long from Stacey Van Ness. Now, it is a Lucite see-through bird feeder that you put in a window so that the cat can look at it. And it is immediately going up. Oh, well, Stacey, I want you to know, she... Oh, as she does, this is a wonderful, charming quality about the meow. She <laughs> immediately ripped open the box and starts putting it together. Doesn't look at their directions. And I'm like, oh, my God, do you know what? And she's like, no. Think it goes like this? And I'm like, mm. So while she was doing that, playing with it, there's this note inside. And it kind of shows a picture of how to put the bird yeah. feeder together. So, Mom, the bird feeder is by Tear Cross. T-E-E-R Cross. Okay. From Sydney, Australia. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. It's a bird feeder from Down Under. <laughs> I can't wait to see what birds end up here. Hopefully, they'll be from Down Under and they'd make the trick across the world. <laughs> yeah. Across the yard. The odd. So, yeah. Like Julie said, so Lucite is just means like it's like a clear plastic. So, I'm like, okay. Just putting it together. I'm like, that's weird. It's kind of an odd choice for a bird feeder. I didn't really get it. So, I read this letter that is attached to the picture of the... Of the bird feeder. Yep. And it's, you know, the, it comes with every bird feeder. The bird feeder was, like, I thought, really, like, I loved the packaging. Oh I my thought God. it was really yeah, sweet. Very cute. Yep. She basically says, so the lady who invented the bird feeder. Hey, guys, <laughs> it's me, the lady who created the bird feeder. So she writes a letter that, that she puts in that comes with every bird feeder. And so I read it, and I was like, this made me so obsessed with it. Okay. Hi. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for choosing the Tear Cross Window Bird Feeder. Attracting birds to our house and getting up close to them has always been a challenge. Whenever the kids get close to the window, the birds scare easily. I thought to myself, there has to be a, there has to be, yeah, there has to be a beat away. There has to be a solution to this. So... I set about designing a bird feeder that uses the natural outside light to reflect against the two-way reflection insert. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I, and I'm, I apologize to all the Australians uh, listening. That way, the bird only sees its reflection and my kids can go up to the inside of the window without scaring the bird. We also designed a slider door insert that allows the smaller birds access. This is optional and can be removed to allow larger birds to feed also. So basically, by the way, her name is fucking Julie. I saw that. It's a clear plastic box that attaches to the outside of the window that has a mirror in it. So when the little birds come up to the box and 
you know who else won't see the birds? Me, because I don't see brown birds. <laughs> and unless a beautiful bluebird comes down or a parrot, I'll be like, Julie, be like, look at the birds. I'm like, where? I don't see any. <laughs> what that? I, I like literally they look like. I'm like, look at their adorable little chubby bodies. What's the matter with you? I know. It's almost like they don't compute. They like blend in yeah, with like, like dust. Dirt to you. Yeah, they do. I mean, I didn't want to say because it, it felt so bad, but I'm like, <laughs> they're just so brown. So they, she puts a little mirror for these little street birds and they see the mirror instead of her annoying, Julie's annoying fagging kids uh-huh. or Julie, this Julie's annoying fagging <laughs> cat. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so the birds don't get scared of the cats or kids or people. Yeah, it's great. And they just get all the feed. And it's such a good idea. And it, her name is Julie and she's Australian. Stacy fucking went into the portal of her own eyes and picked <laughs> the best gifts. Now it's time for Jojo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey. Jojo and Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Die, turn, work. Jojo and Kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. Okay. So, there's so much going on this weekend, yet nothing is happening. Nothing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. is happening. They were supposed to vote on the fucking infrastructure bill on Monday, and they didn't do it. Yeah. That's why the podcast is late. That and my drinking problem. (laughs) Hour. Hour, my mouth. Hour. I've literally had the date for the infrastructure vote in my phone for over a month. Mm -hmm. And now they're acting like they're going to do it Thursday. Yeah, I it's supposedly Speaker of the House Nance Pelosi pushed it to Thursday because she didn't have the votes to pass it. At this point, the podcast is so late that it'll be Thursday before anyone hears it. But we cannot wait for the vote. We just can't push this anymore because we can't trust that it's really going to happen. And the whole thing is so confusing. So confusing. We've been watching the news for three days straight <laughs> and we still don't get what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it doesn't matter until they actually vote. Yeah. Talking about what's going to happen or what didn't happen is pointless, especially when it's this fucking convoluted. So fine. That leaves us with the hearings on Afghanistan, which again, Mm. talking about what didn't happen and why. That's not news. It actually doesn't matter. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter. It's basically just Republicans doing bad political theater, acting like they care about anyone in Afghanistan, whether it be civilians who were killed during our withdrawal or Americans left behind. Republicans are making a big production out of it to make Democrats and Joe Biden look bad. Period. Period, 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 my period, my period. They don't give a fuck about anyone in Afghanistan, including American citizens, because they don't give a fuck about anyone in America but themselves. (laughs) They would have kept our troops there forever, and they're pissed that they can't keep making money through all their private defense contracts. Exactly. So we aren't going to talk about it anymore. It's over. It happened how it happened. Mistakes were made, but we aren't mad about it. Uh -uh. We did a whole segment about how we weren't mad about it. We believe they did their best, and we are proud of the fact that JoJo and Kiki not only brought our troops home, but also saved 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. So they can do all the hearings they want, but we aren't going to talk about the fucking hearings because it isn't news and it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters are the innocent people who lost their lives because the Taliban is disgusting. (laughs) Yes, That's right. And whether those innocent people died by our hands or their hands, it's still the Taliban's fault. Period. And that's what the hearings should be about. Agreed. Every time I even see a clip of it on the news or whatever, I think 
During the evacuation, the Taliban bombed the outside of the airport, like when they were trying to get like the crowds in, because uh-huh. there was all these mobs of people right. coming, trying, trying to, to get in. Uh-huh. So they had the military out there, like trying to facilitate that right. and help mm-hmm. people and figure out who was American citizens and right. whatever. During that, one of those times, the Taliban did like a car bomb and like a suicide bomber uh-huh. and um, killed a bunch of Afghan people, right. including 13 people from our military. And I'm always like, every fucking time I see them on these hearings or the news or whatever, I'm just like, why aren't you talking about those 13 people mm-hmm. from the military mm-hmm. who got killed by the Taliban? Why aren't you talking about that? That's literally the only thing that matters to me from that entire evacuation. Whenever Afghanistan comes up and people talk about whether they, that, well, should we leave troops there? I'm like, I think about those 13 people. They were this fucking close to coming home. Mm. They probably hadn't seen their families in forever most of them and they're literally standing outside the airport helping afghan people evacuate that shitty situation caused by the taliban and then they get bombed it's so fucking sad oh my god and that kind of shit happened all the time over there little situations that didn't make big headlines but over the 20 years 20 years 20 (laughs) years we were there more than 5,000 american service members were killed so anyone who wanted to So anyone who wanted us to stay there permanently like we did in South Korea and Germany isn't really acknowledging that the troops in Afghanistan were in danger all the time. And anyone who managed to survive being stationed there came home with serious PTSD. Yeah, my cousin who I love is like a totally different person. I've been seeing him like a lot lately at all my family events and it just feels like it's just a bummer. Uh Um. This shit is real and it's not something to be cavalier about, but people, I feel like people are like, Mm -hmm. and, and I was, I mean, we all just go on with our fucking lives and watch Bravo and pretend that kind of shit's not happening Mm -hmm. until Joe Biden announces he's bringing the troops home and then everyone's got a fucking opinion on it. (laughs) And for the amount of news and outrage on behalf of the Afghan civilians that died as collateral damage at the hands of our military during the evacuation, I mean, and this could just be me, but I haven't seen one mention of those 13 people since the first headline after they died. No, no. And that's why we're going to honor them today. Fuck the hearings. Fuck Joe Manchin and the infrastructure bill. Fuck Kristen Cinema and her stupid fuck face, fucking idiotic, face. dumb face. <laughs> we're going to celebrate and acknowledge the 13 American soldiers who were murdered by terrorists while trying to help save people from terrorists. It's not as fun as talking shit about the hearings or Joe Manchin. But I'll be able to sleep better at night knowing that if nothing else, 16 people, the two of us, plus our 14 listeners, will at least know their names. Yeah, me too. And we're talking shit about The View in the next segment, so we should probably do something meaningful (laughs) with our lives. Yeah. Okay. So the first guy I want to do is Umberto Sanchez. So there's some people that we don't have, like, as many details on, Mm -hmm. but the ones we do have make it so much sadder, and I don't want to cry, plus we're hungover. (laughs) Okay, I know. For anyone who isn't going to fast forward through this to skip to the view, the Military Times has all their photos. It's good to at least look at the photos of the people that we don't have a lot of details on. And it becomes so much more real when you see them. Just Google 13 died Afghanistan and click on the Military Times link. Okay, so Umberto Sanchez was only 22. Mm. He was a Marine from Logansport, Indiana, which is a small town with only 18,000 people. He was a super positive guy who always tried to make people laugh. And the cute thing about Umberto was that when he was in fifth grade, him and his friends entered a singing contest and sang Beyonce single ladies. How fucking cute is that? I know already it's like you want to start crying. It's so fucking cute. Oh, my good God. I fucking hate the Taliban. (laughs) Awful. 
Uh, David Espinoza was a Marine from Laredo, Texas. He went into the military right out of high school, and he was only 20 years old. His parents are devastated. He was days away from coming home when his parents got a call at 2.30 in the morning saying he'd been killed by a bomb at the airport. They are just, I mean, absolutely, you know, that, that's still a kid. Nicole Gee was a 23-year-old Marine from Sacramento. I looked through her Instagram and almost had to cancel the segment. Oh, my God. It's so fucking sad. The last picture she posted was like two days before she died. It's a picture of her like from afar. She's standing in Afghanistan in uniform with like her hair back in a bun holding a baby. And she's like looking at the little baby. And you just think like, you know, she's standing there thinking about how she's going to have a baby. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And she posted a lot on Instagram. So I know that's I just feel like that's what she would want people to see. So if anyone, you know, just pop over to her Instagram. Her name is Nicole Gee, G-E-E. It's like Nicole underscore underscore G-E-E underscore underscore. But you can probably just like Google it. But I think she would want that's what she posted a lot on there and like tons of pictures. And I think she would want people to look at her Instagram. Mm -hmm. Darren Hoover was a 31-year-old Marine from Salt Lake City, Utah. The governor of Salt Lake City lowered the flags and honored him when he died. And apparently the whole city was celebrating his life and posting on his Facebook page. That is so nice. I wonder if he's Mormon, actually. Do Mormons <laughs> join the military? I'm, I'm, I think they do. You do? I mean, I think that, I don't know that it's, I don't think they're pacifists. I don't know. But I don't know. He was the oldest of three siblings. Well, then he's probably not Mormon. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> he only had three siblings. I know, but he I mean, is from sorry. Utah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Uh, and he was on his third deployment to Afghanistan. He was 11 when September 11th happened. And from that moment on, he knew he wanted to serve in the military. It's an unfortunate end to his story that he died at the hands of the same terrorist who did 9-11. That's a fucking nightmare. nightmare. His dad wrote on his Facebook tribute page, so glad I got to see him before he left. I love you, son. You're my hero. Please check in on us once in a while. <sighs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I <sighs> know. <laughs> I'll try to make you proud. Johanny Rosario Picardo was a 25-year-old Marine from Lawrence, Massachusetts. Oh. She was described as being fiercely proud of her Dominican-American heritage and someone who always looked out for women and children, particularly <sighs> in the military. That was like her thing. God. And it's crazy because she died while escorting and screening female and youth evacuees. Oh, God. I, like, love this girl. She looks so cute and sweet from her picture. And if you look cute and sweet, you're going to be cute and sweet. Okay? It was her picture was the one that really, really got me. She just seems so kind. She's just got the sweetest face. Her family is devastated. Like, she has a big family. She was on her first deployment to Afghanistan, and she was about to come home after seven oh my fucking years. Oh, my years. God. Oh, my God. Yeah. But let's keep doing the hearings about... How chaotic the fucking withdrawal yep. was, you fucks. And they, and they make these families feel like they, they I, I believe it makes these families feel like they're, that these kids died in vain. Like fucking Joe Biden, yeah. he didn't call for that evacuation, yep. but that's not the way it works. No. And it's these hearings that make them feel like that what, rather than if they went to like war. But it's the Taliban, it, w- it wasn't supposed to be a war. They're terrorists. Their kids could have got, their kids could have been a 9-11. And it's not because Joe Biden is trying to get our troops out of there, you know? Yeah, it's because of the Taliban. And that's why and these the, hearings are fucking annoying. And this is the Republicans are doing this. The people who love the military and love defense and love the military, the military, military are making these people feel like absolute and utter shit. 
Hunter Lopez was a 22-year-old Marine from Indio, California. Handsome young guys from Palm Springs named Hunter should not be killed by terrorists in Afghanistan. I mean, okay? that's our go-to name. Our go-to like, name. when we do, anytime we do, like, young millennials, like, Hunter. Right, like, is, Hunter, well, I hope he asked me to prom or whatever. I Just, mean, the guy fucking Indio, that's Palm Springs. I'm sorry, but no. So this kid's mom is a sheriff's deputy, and his dad is the captain of the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. So he was planning on becoming a sheriff when his deployment ended next year. He was in an elite anti-terrorism group in the Marines and took the whole thing pretty seriously. He enlisted out of ambition, not ambivalence. Deegan Page was a 23-year-old Marine from Omaha, Nebraska. Shout out to our two Nebraska listeners, yes, by yes. the way, Olivia <laughs> Johannes and Travi K. Yeah. So Travi, when we thought we didn't have any ne- Nebraska listeners, Travi K, the one with the, the cutie like with the Emmy yeah, yeah. from Nebraska. Mm. Anyways, this kid, Deegan Page, he was obsessed with being a Marine, too. This guy's like the stereotypical sweet middle American white kid from Nebraska. Mm. Like he was in the Boy Scouts for like his entire childhood, not just one year. He was like in the Boy Scouts wow. all growing up. He played hockey all through high school and his parents were completely obsessed with him. <laughs> I only saw two pictures of him, but I feel like he looked kind of gay. And mm-hmm. then that just came across my mind. I was like, oh, he looks he looks gay. And then then I think when I found out he was in Boy Scouts, like the whole time I was like, was he gay? And I don't know. I mean, it's, he, th- th- there was no mention of it, but I just for some reason imagining that he was gay or even if he was gay and not. I, I don't know. It just, it just the whole thing just made me more sad. Jared Schmitz was a 20 year old Marine from St. Charles, Missouri. His parents described him as someone who smiled all the time. They use the word non-stop. That's the second person out of 13 who is described as smiling all the time. Umberto. Just like... The, the, the Beyonce single right, ladies right. dancer was the other smiley one. I mean, apparently he texted with his dad all the time and the dad was concerned when he didn't hear from him the day after the bombing. He went to bed hoping everything was fine and then at 2.40 a.m., two men came to his door in uniform. His dad said, I'm like... Okay, they're here to tell me he's injured and what his injuries are. And it took forever for them to get me to comprehend that they were there to deliver the most horrific news of his passing and that he'd been killed and not injured. Wow. Dylan Marola was a 20-year-old Marine from Rancho Cucamonga, California. This one hit close to home for me, literally. Rancho Cucamonga is the next town over from where I grew up. You and I always go eat at my family's favorite spaghetti restaurant in Rancho. Uh There are three kids out of the 13 from the Inland Empire, which is the area just inland from LA and Orange County, which is where I grew up. And it reminded me, and it reminded me of how like military recruiters were always at my high school. Oh, wow. I hadn't ever, ever thought about it. Wow. And this whole thing is, yeah. I guess, like, I just, I mean, Hmm. at any job fair, they would also come there specially. Wow. Yeah, it was, and it, it's like, it's, it's all making sense to me now, I guess. Um, Right. And it also made me feel weird. (laughs) Um, Anyway, his mom's name is Cheryl, and she's completely wrecked, like all these other parents. She described him as kind and loving and would give anything to anybody. His last message to her was a few days before he died, and it said, Mom, I won't be able to talk to you for a little while. We're being sent to a different location. I love you, and I will talk to you as soon as I get home. His obituary says, Dylan was a beloved son, brother, grandson, great-grandson, nephew, wow. and a great friend, which just made me think of oh all the people God. who are going to miss him so much. Ugh. God. You shouldn't have to see your great-grandson. Great-grand? I mean, that is insane. That's, that also just goes to show you how young these children are that are in the military that do all this fighting because in your mind you think these are men and marines i always think these are men and from the movies these guys couldn't even drink they're kids yeah they're kids 
Kareem Nakui is a 20-year-old Marine from Norco, California. That's the other kid from the Inland Empire. Uh, Norco basically means North Corona. Uh, My mom literally went to Corona High School. Oh. Of course, I'm making this about me. <laughs> but I, I mean, honestly, it's it's so bizarre. Wow. So Kareem Nakui was 20 years old and went back to save a child when the bomb went off. Apparently, there are a lot of veterans in Norco, which I guess is because they heavily recruited the high schools Mm -hmm. in that area, like you said. This kid was Iranian-American and named after his grandfather. His mom described him as a champion jujitsu contender with several national titles and one world title. He loved all animals, including his dogs, Kenya and Atlas, and he often would stand out back with his family horses, stroking them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Stroking them and hugging their necks. Maxton Soviak was a 22-year-old from Berlin Heights, Ohio, and he was the only one killed from the Navy. Hmm. He was also a champion wrestler in high school, and he was planning on making a career and spending his life in the Navy. Hmm. He had 12 brothers and sisters who Ooh, are obviously God. all horrified. And a few days before he died, he FaceTimed with his mom and said, don't worry, mom, my guys got me. They won't let anything happen to me. But the thing was that like a lot of the guys he was talking about right. died with him yeah, in the, the explosion. explosion. I mean, unfortunately, no matter how much wrestling and jujitsu and karate and shooting and, and no matter how strong you are, you can't fight that bomb. Can't fight a terrorist. And period. You can't fight a terrorist because they don't have any honor. Ryan Naus was a 23 year old from Corridon. I'm going to say Corridon, Tennessee. He was the only one killed from the army. Apparently, he volunteered to go on the mission to help the Afghan civilian people get into the airport, which was a Marine mission. He was married and his wife was notified by two uniformed officers at her door. She said she looked out the window and saw them, but didn't put two and two together. When they told her, she screamed and cried and dropped to her knees like in a movie. But it wasn't a movie. She said she kept thinking they were going to tell her it was a mistake. It's so fucking sad. She said that he was obsessed with the people from Afghanistan. He became close with a farmer there and would send her pictures of him. That's really sweet. Yeah, really sweet. Last but not least, Riley McCollum was a 20-year-old Marine from Jackson, Wyoming. This kid. So this kid has two sisters, and he was also a champion wrestler in high school. But the thing about this guy is that he had only been in Afghanistan for three weeks. Oh, my God. He was called there specifically from Jordan to help with the evacuation. He had (sighs) married his girlfriend, Gigi, in Vegas back in April, right before his unit left for Jordan because she was pregnant. Oh, my God. He died on October. August 26th with a wife and baby on the way. His daughter was born two weeks later, September 14th. And her name is Levi Riley Rose McCollum. Okay. Now it's time to disassociate from all of our bad and sad feelings because now it's Megan McCain o'clock. wedding denise this segment used to be called megan mccain bugs but just in case hell freezes over and she ever agrees to come on this podcast we changed the name to megan mccain o'clock and we actually think it's more fitting because there's never a time when she doesn't bug hence megan mccain o'clock 
For those of you who aren't familiar with our quarantine Twitter bestie, Megan McCain, here's the deal. She's the daughter of the very famous and now deceased John McCain. John McCain was a Republican senator from Arizona who ran against Obama in 2012. His daughter, Megan McCain, is undeniably attractive and smart, but it was mainly because of her father that she got the my father that she got the dream job my of father. being a regular my co-host father. on The View, where she regularly bugged everyone every day with her conservative <laughs> Arizona white privilege nepotistic bullshit. I'm talking. I'm talking, Joy. That said, we are obsessed with her and she's a huge fan of bravo and if she ever agreed to come on this podcast we'd burn all the evidence of these segments become her friend immediately and defend her until the end correct now before we became twitter besties with megan mccain the segment was called megan mccain bugs because she bugs but also the view bugs whoopee bugs sunny bugs joy bugs sarah haynes bugs the guest bug the segments bug the format bugs the voiceover lady of facking bugs <laughs> the incessant birthday celebrations bug the whole show is just generally annoying and unsatisfying especially now that they are back in the studio for season 25 and megan mccain is no longer on it unwatchable unwatchable now don't get us wrong we knew that Crazy McCain was leaving. She announced it in July, and we immediately announced it here. And while there was a huge part of us that was completely in denial and hoping she'd come back after their August hiatus, there was absolutely no part of us that thought the show would suck this bad without her. But it does. It sucks. It sucks so fucking hard. It's awkward. It's stilted. It's stale. And listen... We were prepared for a certain amount of awkwardness. Every talk show we watch is having a huge case of the awkward. Yeah. Morning Joe seemed damn near unwatchable too <laughs> until we saw the fucking view. <laughs> the thing with the view is that they never should have come back into the studio. It was coming back to the studio in the first place that lost the Megan. Yeah. They all did the show remotely from their homes for over a year and a half because of the pandemic. And during that time, Megan moved to D.C. because her Republican fucking husband has been subbing in on Fox News. Mm -hmm. But when The View decided to go back to the studio, Megan wasn't ready to start commuting because she has a new baby, Liberty, and doesn't want to be away from her family. Well, yeah. And the minute it became clear that she didn't want to commute or move back to New York full time, they should have just kept the show remote. They were doing great. They, they really, it was, it was fine. And it was huge. Huge. Number one in the ratings. But more important than that, fucking COVID is not over. There was no reason to rush back into the studio. She won't care about spending time away from her family when Liberty starts walking and requires 24-7 vigilant care to make sure she doesn't make a fort out of Megan's weaves. Exactly. And now they're back and all they talk <laughs> about is Corona anyway. So why rush back? If all you want to do is fear monger about the virus and virtue signal about the vaccine, then do it from fucking home, okay? Yeah. Because there's no better virtue signaler in all of the land than Megan <laughs> McCain. And the show sucks now. And not for nothing, their hack producer, Brian Teta, or whatever his name is, won an Emmy mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And remember, Mem out, they played a clip of him at home watching the Emmys in a mm -hmm. stupid fucking tuxedo on his stupid fucking couch with his stupid fucking <laughs> wife and kids. And when he won, 
we audibly booed. <laughs> we were like, boo! Dumb. <laughs> he is the worst. I'm sorry. He's just he, a he terrible is. producer. He's a terrible producer. During the pandemic, they had the worst delay of any show on television. QVC was literally better. Honestly, compared to QVC, The View was like Tom Brokaw broadcasting from Bosnia in 1992. <laughs> the delay was... I, I'm... I'm going to say literally, I believe, at least four full seconds. I tried to count it out. Oh, it'd be like if I were, if we were on The View and I were, and let's say I say to you like, um, we loved you on the show. What was your favorite part of doing it? I don't know. Oh, oh, right. I, I really loved, oh. don't you think oh, that? I'm sorry. Yeah, but then, so and then, but then yeah, it then goes so long because I start, start talking. talking over you. Yeah. Did you think that sounded like the right? Exactly. Dils? Yes. Four Full seconds. That is so long. So long. And and we blame the producer for that. Well, Again, of course. Brian Tedda or whatever, <laughs> who smugly took home the Emmy as if his shit didn't stink to high heaven. And on top of that, during the remote shows, he never let any of them fight. Yeah. And when Joy and Megan would start fighting, he'd cut their mics and make Whoopi throw to a commercial immediately. But then when Megan and Whoopi fought and we finally thought, oh, great. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can't fucking cut Whoopi's mic. Yep. He'd yell at Whoopi in her ear to throw to commercial immediately. And then when she finally did, he'd make Whoopi apologize after the commercial break. Yep. So every single time they got in a fight, and they got in a fight at least seven times. If oh, not, yeah, it got. Like, yeah. Okay. And Whoopi would be like, you could just see. And then she'd go to commercial. She'd come back and say sorry. And it would make me, like, crazy. Yeah, the whole point of watching the show is to watch Megan fight with everyone. And he never let them fight, even before the pandemic. When they'd all be sitting around at the table, he'd let it go for a little bit, give you a little taste, and then make Whoopi cut it off. Ugh, I, 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 same thing. And I always hated him for that. Let the motherfuckers give their views, Brian. It's the name of the fucking show. And why is a man telling any of these women what to do? So, needless to say, and sadly to say, yeah. we dipped on The View. Yeah. We're like, goodbye. Yep. Bye, girl. Yeah. Bye, wig. <laughs> yep. Megan's gone. The hair and makeup is atrocious. <laughs> it's beyond. It's as bad as Dancing with the Stars. It's just as oh. bad. Oof. The camera angles are unflattering and weird. And the chemistry and interactions between them are super fucking awkward. I hate the table. I hate the chairs. I hate the set. I hate the vibe. <laughs> yeah. They're sitting around a table talking over each other. And though I, I understand that that's exactly what they did before. And I'm quite sure they came back to the set and he's like, okay, I know you guys are all used to the delay and you have to let people talk. About, but, you know, go back. You talk over each other. Don't be scared of it. Honestly, Brian, the moment has passed. Okay. <laughs> we like watching them look straight into the camera and say their piece like a lawyer doing closing arguments. <laughs> I like that better now. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't feel comfortable. No points are getting across. When they would say their piece, even Megan, first of all, you know, we're all addicted to being outraged and nothing, nothing got the addiction going more than Megan McCain. <laughs> oh my God. And nothing can get the outrage going more than when she can say her full oh, planned yes, speech. Yes. And then Sonny comes back who's like literal prosecutor yep. and comes back and is like, literally she's during while Megan's talking, rewriting her rebuttal and it's like, motherfucker. <laughs> and it was just, it was, it was, it deserved an Emmy. The producer didn't, but they did. And now 
it's not it's no longer satisfying illuminating provocative infuriating funny it's none of those things now it isn't it's just stressful i find it stressful this one's for my girls my girls around the world i don't want to watch this one's for my girls the girls around the world Mm -mm. like that's not why we're there i mean it's fine for all them i want to watch a a table of women have their views but it's not like this one's for my girls no it's like come on that girl (laughs) how'd it go meow meow Let's go. Yeah, that's what we want. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's go. We're ladies around a table <laughs> saying our views and getting mad. Our hormones are going crazy. Most of us don't get our periods anymore. Yeah. It's Brian's fault that it sucks. That's right. And then on Friday, his shitty ass hack producing hit peak garbage level when they were scheduled to have Kamala Vice President fucking Harris on her first in-studio talk show interview since becoming vice president. Oh, my God. The fact that you even got that interview is already. Mm. Yeah. And even though we officially quit The View, we do not miss anything with Kiki. So we refired up our DVRs for Friday's episode. And this is when the shit hit the fucking pan. Okay. So basically, they spend the first 20 minutes of the show ranting and raving about the COVID vaccine and hospitals and how people don't want the vaccine or taking hospital beds from innocent and perfect people who got the vaccine. And the whole thing is exhausting and annoying and repetitive and boring per usual. So we sit through all that, and then right when they're getting ready to bring Kamala Harris out, the producers, a.k.a. Brian, abruptly and mysteriously take Sonny and Anna off the stage. Joy and Sarah don't know what's going on, and this is all happening live on the air, so the whole thing goes off the rails and becomes a ridiculous, chaotic mess because, again, the producer, Brian Tata, is a freaking twit. And it bears being said again, Mimau. Why is a man in charge of a show about five women discussing their views? Let's just start there. Never mind the fact that he's a useless hack. And I don't mean that personally against him, but I'm sure there's a million types of different producers. There's producers that produce shows that aren't live. Mm -hmm. Live producing is a whole animal. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's in his wheelhouse. But it's a show about women and it's become really political. And it has aggressively and factually fallen right the fuck out of his wheelhouse and it's been done out of it since 2018 he has been dropping the ball on them fighting over politics honestly probably prior to trump winning the conversation went towards politics and he's been effectively stopping every conversation every single day since 2016 and he needs to go find another job wherever go do bill maher go do whatever you're gonna do but doing this it's you're in the wrong lane and you're it's stifling these women. He should go on a game show or something where they don't talk about anything because he's too he's a post post. He's too scared. You're right. Just go do things where people aren't talking about anything, Bri. So you don't have to worry about your job or your integrity or anyone's opinion. Don't worry about anyone else. Go but a person your- running down a thing in a costume to go get a prize. You should literally be like a headhunter for TV because that is such a good <laughs> idea. You're right. He needs to do prices right or something. That's yeah. Life. Or that other one with. Yeah. Like Wayne let's Brady. Make deal but yeah, the live yeah, yeah. ones the live ones yeah good you'll be great you're perfect for that let's listen to how tragic okay. this is okay we're back and there seems to be something happening here that i'm not 100 percent aware of can someone please apprise me of the situation 
need uh, the two of you to step off for a second. Okay. Anna and and uh, and, and we're going to bring Sunny you back later. Have to okay. leave. Yeah. Yes. And we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll tell you why sure it in is. a couple of minutes. It's a tease that they have a disease. So shall I introduce the vice president? <laughs> yes. Okay. So vice president. No. no. Nope. Okay. Shall we dance? Let's do a tap dance. Let's do a tap dance. <laughs> what a leader! Wow. All right. What? Let's tell do a short commercial. We'll come back. Talk about what? What, what else can we talk about for uh, Hot Topic? Okay. Oh, what else can we talk about? And said, let's go to commercial. Spot. We'll be right back. <laughs> what, else can we what else can we talk about for Hot Topics, he literally said. And then it was just like, just go to commercial. Like, wh wh what? You, you tell us, You guys. literally fucked up that, th that four times. It was just like you put, you took the two women off the show on live television. You pulled them off. For, you did not need to do that. Then they walked off and you said, there's a tease and we're going to be hilarious, which was ridiculous Wrong thing to say thing to do and then joy's like what the fuck's going on and you're like it, uh don't worry about it um just what else can we talk about and she's like what else can we talk about and then someone yelled at him and was like go to commercial and then it's like, go to commercial. like and also by the way let's not forget what what oh, yeah. what oh my god what what just let's have yeah, a way exactly. to communicate with them right let's let's uh, first and foremost wow going to be a major news story any minute now. Yeah. What happened is that uh, Sonny and Anna both apparently tested positive for COVID. No matter how hard we try, uh, these things happen. They probably have a breakthrough case and they'll be okay, I'm sure, because they're both vaccinated up the wazoo. You know, a lot yeah. of vaccines. So, um, and, and the vice president is being prepped for her arrival, right? Yep. They cleaned the table. We watched, they did the hands. Everybody's getting all cleaned up and she'll be out here in a second. So, in the meantime, until she gets out here, maybe the audience would like to participate in the show. Does it? What? I mean, what are we talking about here? Right. We're going to participate right. in the all right. show. All right. All right. And so, then Joy's even in the way. Here's, here's how, what I mean by all that right. All right, is, all right, all right, all right. What I mean by that is, does anyone have a good question to ask son, uh, Sarah or me? Because that's all you got. Okay. <laughs> so I was already so fucking annoyed that I had to sit through 20 minutes of self-righteous elitist Megan free virtue signaling about the vaccine while I waited for Kamala Harris to come out only to have Kiki get delayed for basically the entire fucking episode and replaced with the ultimate whackness of an unorganized impromptu Q&A that no one wanted to hear. Kamala Harris's entire interview, and I'm quite sure her entire day, Mau Mau, mm -hmm. was ruined by Sonny and Anna getting COVID 30 seconds before <laughs> she walked out onto the stage of The View. And turns out, sweetie, they didn't even have fucking coronavirus. Nope. They nope. literally did not even have it. Literally. Literally. They were diagnosed on Friday's show during the show. And that's still, I don't even understand. We can't even go into a job, onto a studio, into a work, into anything. They test you and you're not allowed in the building until you've passed the test. Not so even. I don't even understand. Exactly. I don't understand. Anyway, so they're, so they're diagnosed on Friday's show during the show. It's national news within the hour of it being aired. By Monday, it's confirmed that the tests were false positives, but the news cycle had already moved on. So no one cared. And no one even talked about it. But we did. Because we miss Kiki for that bullshit, and we hate The View now. The View's historic season 25 continues live right now. Friday Review.
The co-hosts are taking you behind the scenes of the shocking turn of events that played out live during the vice president's visit on Friday's show. I need uh, the two of you to step off for a second. Okay. And giving you an update on what happened next. Tony and Grammy winner Leslie Odom Jr. talks about joining the crew of the Sopranos. And you know prequel, what? The many saints. She of can Newark, go too. <laughs> She's got to go with Brian to the game show. I feel a lot better oh about him now. Gosh. Actually, I feel bad mm. because I feel bad for being so savage on his ass. Mm-hmm. But I feel better about understanding that he's just a puss puss and he needs he's he's in the wrong lane and he needs yeah. to go work at prices. Right. Yeah. And he needs to take the voiceover tool with him because she's <laughs> bugging. She's been done bugging. She was bugging uh, in the pandemic. Oh, my God. She completely bugs that voice uh, that 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 voiceover artist. And I just feel sure that he was instrumental in the decision with Megan, whether it was between him and Megan, between him and the other, you know, producers between him and the network. He's too vanilla. He's too much oh of a God, puss puss. And he's like thinking to himself, she's too intense. I've got to get her yeah. out of here. When she leaves, no one will argue. And it's like, you have really judged this wrong. I'm imagining him. And I also don't like his voice. Hate like, like I just imagine like, you know what ladies, the show is great and everything's wonderful and everything, but we really need to like, everyone needs to just be heard and everyone just like, get their point of view across not too much you know and just like really try i mean we're friends you know y'all love each other like let's just it's just like the fuck yeah you're and you're completely missing it you're missing it guy right you're the the whole nucleus of your job you're missing it yeah exactly it's called the view it's called the view bry yeah it's called the view not this one's for my girls it's his fault it's all his fault just like everything else Everything I in the mean, world is Brian's fault? Yeah, it is Brian's fault. I mean, you're preparing to have the vice president of the United States on your stupid fucking show, and you don't have the cast take multiple COVID tests? Exactly. I don't even... We take a COVID test at least once a week, okay? And on average, meow, meow, I'm telling you, since tests were invented, since corona tests were invented okay. by Pfizer and and the people trying to control us in China and implant <laughs> us with tracking devices yes, mm-hmm. and get all of our data yeah, for nothing. Sure. I would say we average, we would, if we took all the tests we've taken, we will have averaged, I might be a little bit less, maybe once every two weeks since the oh, tests were, yeah. but we're, I'm thinking we average a test a week. I would say that's accurate. We take, we've taken a lot of Corona tests. A lot. And all kinds. Mouth, nose, blood. And I can tell you every single time the result of any of my tests has come back negative and they all have. I think the test is bullshit, okay? Inclu- <laughs> including last week where a man walked into a room and everyone smelled his BO and I didn't. And I go, I have COVID. I have COVID. I have fucking COVID. The test came back negative and I'm like, these tests don't fucking work, okay? I've had friends and you too, my mouth, who've had a fever, zero taste and smell, nerve pain, cough, and the whole shit. And they go get a test and it says negative. And I'm like, oh, come on. These <laughs> yes. tests aren't fucking 100%, okay? Right. Yep. And I know for a fact if i ever get a positive test mm-hmm. i will retest five more times i don't care if it costs me twelve hundred dollars yeah. yep i will never believe that the, i will a thousand percent think it's a false positive i'm quite sure i will have no symptoms <laughs> and even if i have symptoms i probably still won't believe the test because these tests are shoddy okay <laughs> they're shady and shoddy and i really don't understand how you're on that show that made everybody work remotely uh, very, very dramatically mm-hmm. for so long. And then you come back and lose Megan McCain and all to come back. And you're 
you don't have a rigorous testing process? I just don't get it. For the vice president of the United States. Like, how are you going to schedule? Uh, how are you only going to schedule one test before the bri- vice president comes on? I know. I don't understand. I don't. I, I, I just. Uh, and how do you not have a plan in place for just in case someone gets Corona with any guests? With any guests. I mean, literally, it could happen to anyone at any time. So why don't you have a boom mic or a handheld mic or a pre-made montage package you can show when you need to kill 20 minutes? Like some dumb sketch or some, do you know, there's some dumbass bullshit. Put a whole thing of Barbara Walters on there. Exactly. Talking about, I love Patrick Swayze or whatever it is. I, mean, I saw on YouTube they have this black and white thing of like the view co-hosts come back together oh. after a year and a half apart. And it's like, play that. You never played play that on that. the show. That's only on your YouTube channel. You can always play the the special episode when all the women journalists came back to thank Barbara Walters. That one is you play that anytime that you can play that anytime, any day, any any hour. I mean, come on. Or you could you could have a a one that's new that no one's seen, ready to fill in this year. That oh. that just in case a guest gets COVID, one of them gets COVID, any emergency snafu, okay? Throw on the montage video, and if it doesn't ever, if no emergency happens, then put it on YouTube yeah. with the rest of your dumbass videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what a good producer would do, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the producer that would should win the Emmy. Instead, this guy has the audience ask Joy and Sarah questions that they had prepared for Kamala Harris, and there was no microphone because of COVID. So they yelled up at them on stage like they were stranded on a deserted island, yelling at a plane going by. Hey, what is your biggest regret from this year? And Joy's like, what? Yeah, what? I mean, literally, the it was all, what? Here, 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 here we go, here. Here's, here's how, what I mean by that is... What I mean by that is, does anyone have a good question to ask Sarah or me? Because that's all you got, so... And don't ask, don't ask about our sex lives. Anything else? Yes, ma'am. Nice and loud. Sixth well, graders? Yeah. All right, get the mic up Tragic. there, please. I feel like I can hear five, 50 people this talking. Is, we can hear Brian, because he won't shut the fuck up. And his, what he's saying is, oh, I need to go work at Price is Right. Okay. <laughs> really loud now, because I can't hear you. Go ahead. What? Don't what? come down. <laughs> Go ahead. Hot mess. Wow. Camilla? Camilla? <laughs> Camilla Jamil. Okay. Camilla Harrell. Please repeat. <laughs> Let's hear. Oh, it's not. Look, Camilla's not here. I'm here. I love she says Camilla. Yeah. I think it's so charming. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Camilla Pamela. That's like an older lady. Yeah. yeah. That question. What's the question? Like she says pasta. She oh, absolutely yeah. oh, for sure. says pasta. For sure. Oh, being a mother is much more difficult. Up to, you don't know. What need, a great question. And I need to say that was a different lady. That was a different lady. the other fucking lady who said Camila Harris. Yep. Couldn't even figure it out. No. I'm she, glad you got tickets to come to The View. I'll blame Brian for this, too. I'm glad you got tickets to come to The View, ma'am, and that you don't even know the vice president's name. And uh, we are, we've are we been stalking her and have probably a warrant out for our arrest with how bad we want to get in her presence. And that woman gets to go with her question from her sixth grader and calls her Camila. Well, while we're horrified by the new chapter of The View, we're even more horrified by the direction of our Twitter bestie, Megan McCain, She's continued her hypocritical Craven thirst tweeting and even kicked it up a notch with tweets like the men and women of our border patrol didn't create the scenes of shame in Texas. Joe Biden did. No, bitch. 
your mother did. And I say that with all the love in my heart for Cindy McCain. The bullshit at the border predates even Ronald fucking Reagan. But to blame a president who's been in office for eight months rather than the one directly before him who spent four straight years fucking up the border is in a word, crazins. I'm going to stop myself from ripping this bitch a new one right here and now and instead save it for my so there's that. So if you're listening, Crazins, I love you, but I'll be addressing the asinine absurdity of anyone blaming JoJo and Kiki for the white racist Republican Texas Border Patrol assholes abusing migrants in Texas in the next segment. Yep. And please come on our podcast, Megan, if you're listening. (laughs) We are still holding out hope that one day we get to talk to you in person and we finally get to hear you say with your actual voice. <laughs> you were at my wedding, Denise. <laughs> oh, my we God. We deserve it. I need it. But despite the fact that she literally told us that she would come on our podcast on Twitter and that she said it again to our boo, Patrick Gonzalez Jr. during an Instagram live. It's really not looking good, Mimo. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not. not. She definitely Rick Rossed us on all platforms. She certainly did. And she yeah. just got a new job as a conservative Fox troll columnist mm-hmm. for the tabloid trash bin Daily Mail, <laughs> where she triggered Julie with her first column blaming Biden for the rush of Haitians seeking asylum at the border. And then this past Sunday, she thirsted onto the one and only Sunday show we never miss, Meet the Press. Well, that was a violation. I f- took a Silkwood shower. <laughs> I mean... Now, we've been watching that show every Sunday since we started this podcast, and we don't need crazins bugging up the atmosphere on their panel, especially after she ghosted us. Especially. And also, she ruined the shit, okay? <laughs> Vagina Mouth Chuck Todd and everyone on the panel were acting oh my God. so cheesy and so pandery and weird. Uh. I mean, we, we hate watch the show as it is. Yeah. It's part of our life. It's uh. part of our energy it's part of our zeitgeist it's part of this job it's everything to have megan mccain cross from the view into there it was like seeing your teacher outside of school it wasn't right it it messed everything up it made us feel weird (laughs) and then it clearly made the rest of the panel feel weird because they were all (laughs) weirdly laughing and being bizarre and kiss assy like the ghost of john mccain would come and haunt them like a prisoner of war (laughs) if they read megan mccain for her conservative filth views which by the way that's their fucking job to do. And it's it's not even like they go completely in on whatever conservative is on that show. It's supposed to be like fake balance. Right. But this, it was just different the way they were acting. Exactly. Oh, they were all awkwardly laughing and being too nice. Like they were standing around at a fucking cocktail party, literally. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just. No. Just, right. Uh, wait, wait, in, oh, like when Roger. Before. When, I mean, it's like a column Roger North wrote in 1972 <laughs> addressing all of the um, political backlash of the 14th <laughs> poll. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> what? Just, I don't know, I don't know. And even Crazins herself was talking in the sweet, quiet voice, trying to play it off like she didn't want to eat them all for fucking breakfast, okay? At one point, she got off on a little run and started feeling herself. And just when she almost popped into, you were at my wedding, Denise, mode, someone signaled her that her time was up and she reverted right back to the sweet little, oh, sorry, it's your turn, Megan, and thwarted our good time. Yeah. She's like, oh, wait, oh, I'll pass it to you. Whatever she said. We couldn't even. We tried to watch. We tried to see who yeah, signaled her. No, couldn't. We were like, was she possessed? Yep. Has she been body snatched? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Yep, yep. And I kept thinking, like, is Joy Behar somewhere with a goddamn, like, mimosa <laughs> watching this shit? Mm-hmm. Like, who the fuck was that? 
Because anyone who's ever seen The View or watches it on the regular was not fooled, okay? Nope. So we're going to play one clip from her, the clip where she's like, oh, wait, oh, I'll pass it to you now or whatever on Meet the Press. So, Megan, Mitch McConnell, Doug Ducey, Brian Kemp, this conspiracy reaches pretty deep into stopping President Trump. Oh, Chuck, bug. I don't even know how to talk about this because it is conspiratorial, you know, insanity from the bowels of the internet. There is a segment of the Republican Party that believes it. Um, I don't know how to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it really good and really fast. And I'm going to have eye and thread the needle and be It's a huge challenge (laughs) for the party going forward. Um, But as Mitch McConnell recently said, I believe he called uh, President Trump a horse that is out to pass and should stay there or thoroughbred that should stay there. And if you look at polling against people like Governor DeSantis, President Trump does not have the stranglehold on the party that he once did. And I think it's it's college-educated women. Continue, sorry. I kind of agree that you're right, except the party. Continue, sorry. Um, (laughs) Now, if I was, uh, I just want to say, you know, this is like me being a real journalist, and I just take this more seriously than I do when I'm at The View, and I'm just like, I'm talking, Joy! (laughs) I'm sorry it's your job for you to, like, you're supposed to listen to me. I need to be listened to. Also, like, there's men here. So it's very important that I just, like... You know, um, like I'm just going to keep I it. I do feel like you're right, though. And even aside from the men, I also think you're right. I think she's like, oh, these are real journalists. And that's that's even gross, too. Yeah. To be able to add another layer of gross to how I was already <laughs> feeling. That's now that's some skill. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's it. She doesn't respect them at The View, which is ridiculous <sighs> because Joy and Sunny, if nothing else in this pandemic, they they came correct so hard. Like I was like, and actually Sarah Haynes, too. She does her research. Yeah. She might be wrong about right. stuff and her yes. opinion. Right. And yeah. come from fucking Idaho or wherever she's from. But where she, she always puts her thoughts together she, in a very sort of. Yeah. Very succinct. Way. I learned a lot from her. Yeah. And. So to sit and be like, oh, the lady from the Cook Report or whatever the fuck. Who cares? Oh, this dyke. I mean, come on. And she was the most laugh one. She was at the cocktail oh. party uh, before anyone arrived. Oh, her WAP was on full, like, just moisture like, <laughs> level. I mean, when I wrote this article, <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm on the hill. It's just, lady, <laughs> just take it. You know what? Hone it down. Hone it down, My lady. smoker's cough. Like, I don't smoke. <laughs> I unfollowed her on Instagram, but I still haven't unfollowed her on Twitter. Oh. I don't know what's going, what I'm, I, I'm and Panub in all the wrong places like a toxic tiger. And I don't know why I can't quit this bitch. Like, we never even go on Instagram, you and me. So it was really no biggie to drop her there. Yeah. But the truth is, I don't look at my Twitter timeline either. Mm. I look at my mentions, because mm-hmm. it's all about me. And mm-hmm. then I look through what's trending for news trolls. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, I don't like look through social media like that. Like I'm not in the timeline. I'm not there to keep up with fucking anyone. I'm so self-obsessed. I can find a way to let anything going on in someone else's life bother me. So I just avoid it until I hear about it organically in life. And then I let it bother me then. Yeah, me too. So we should both unfollow and unfriend her immediately. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the incessant existential, philosophical, and literal fighting going on all around us every day. (laughs) We are in the midst of a cold culture war. Mm -hmm. Two Americas divided directly in half. 
fighting on Facebook about everything from coronavirus to Kanye West. So we send Julie out to dig around in the discarded garbage of the World Wide Web and come up with the stories of hope that will inspire us and help us to not slap our Republican family members. All you need is Julie, so there's that, and Stacey Van Ness's Bible with a hidden flask inside, and you're set for any family mm-hmm. occasion. Mm-hmm. So what is your so there's that moment for this week, Meow Meow? Well, you might want to start drinking from your flask. Okay. Currently. Here I go. Well, I have a sort of weird so there's that this week, and I think it'll be pretty controversial. But try and go with me on this, all right, guys? I won't get offended. No, you won't. Now, I am so over the immigration outrage by Republicans and the virtue signaling outrage by Democrats. The media, Republicans, Democrats, and forget about it, Fox News, are getting their life pretending to care about the migrants at the border who are living in just terrible circumstances while the government doesn't process them fast enough, give them enough food and shelter and medical help and attention. Fuck all the way off to the sun, as John Oliver would say. (laughs) Basically, amid the pandemic, we are still in, we are still in a pandemic, newsflash. And the general immigration problem here, due to the fact that climate change and corruption, general mismanagement, and men are continuing to ruin the fucking planet. From Russia to India to China, Mexico, South America, to our own beautiful, fucked up, sea to shining, deregulated, corrupt sea, we are experiencing a surge in not only immigration, but homelessness, environmental devastation, natural disasters, poverty, economic disparity, power inequity, civil rights violations, voting suppression, and of course the old worldwide racial struggles, which of course find itself swirling amid all of the above said issues in one of those places that encompasses that so well is the country of Haiti. Haiti is one of the poorest countries on the planet, 59% of the Haitian people make $2 or less a day. Oh, that sucks. The country is hit year after year by crazy hurricanes and storms and just wipes the people out. And every year is harder than the last to rebuild what little they already have. According to Bob Corbett, an author and professor from Webster University and who wrote a history of Haiti and visited the country 72 times, The Haitian masses suffer some of the most debilitating and depressing misery of any people of the world. Yet, virtually all that misery is human-caused. In most cases, by a tiny minority inside and outside Haiti who have the wealth and power to control. The tiny minority, however, and this is me speaking, does not include the United States. Unless you want to add our country to the list of governments, human aid organizations, and nonprofits who have been trying to help the people of Haiti for years. As you probably have seen on TV, like last week after a devastating storm and someone apparently shooting the president of Haiti, the country was plunged into even more chaos which led to a crazy explosion of Haitian immigration looking for asylum and refuge. Something like 15,000 Haitians trekked from Haiti to Mexico and some of them living in South America from 2010 until now even found themselves in Texas setting up a huge what is basically a homeless encampment under a bridge as they waited to be processed by Homeland Security. And nobody wants to be homeless in Texas. (laughs) What you probably don't know because the media isn't shoving this down your throat is the fact that the United States absorbed 8,000 
thousand Haitian immigrants, fed every single one of them, even though apparently that wasn't enough, and then sent 6,000 back to Mexico and 2,000 back to Haiti. But while in Texas, every one of them did get fed. I don't know why 2,000 had to go back to Haiti, which is a nightmare, but ultimately, there's only so much milk in mama's teats. Unfortunately, as these poor Haitian people were making the dangerous journey upon hitting the border while coming out of a lake or river or whatever the fuck that was, they were greeted by racist white horse riders who thought they were the masters of a plantation and it was grotesque, disgusting, and all of those men should get bullwhipped and tossed in a dumpster. After seeing these images, the media went crazy. Fox News called for Biden's head. How dare he? His immigration policy is making America weak. The Biden administration is not following through on the promises they made to the American people. How could we let these poor Haitian people walk through a river? The children, the poor Haitian children and where's Kamala Harris where is the immigration czar this being said this these words being uttered and and yelled upon into the world by people who allowed Trump to put immigrants in cages are acting outraged and pretending to give a fuck about Haitian immigrants children or anything other than their own tax breaks or your abortion also, in addition, by the way, those same Republicans endorsed and stood by the policy of separating families, which is just about one of the worst things you can do to people to take a child away from. I, I, that's like a, a worldwide historical uh, what they call one of the original sins is to separate a mother from its child. It is cruel. It is low down. It is dirty, shameful, vicious, power mongery, domination, bullshit. And the Trump administration fully embraced it, stood by it, implemented it and enjoyed it. As the new waves of immigration poured through our borders, the Biden administration has been trying to deal with the Trump administration, shit fuck policies, dismantle its evil stronghold on homeland security and immigration. And in the, the almost nine months, by the way, it's been nine months of the Biden administration, they've reunited the families, not all of them, but a lot of them absorbed several thousand immigrants, asylum seekers and refugees, and have been voicing their mistakes what they are grappling with and their vision for how humane, humane, humane immigration should work. And our immigration peepaw, Ale Alejandro Mayorkas, right. has with his gentle and angelic-like voice and little gentle hands, I'm sure, is needing to take Xanax every night because the guy gets emotional if he even says the word child. <laughs> so he has true. been trying his best to explain to us how challenging it is to make the changes they need while really trying to handle people in a respectful manner. And where's Kamala Harris, our immigrations are? Bitch, she's working and looking fucking gorgina every second of her life. She is trying to stay classy while getting the job done. Now, we all know when Kamala Harris gets in her prosecutionary role, shit is on fire and she's like a hot wolf tearing her prey apart with the cold precision mm -hmm. of a surgeon on her own painkiller well this week she had just about had it with the racist horse riders and she let it be known not only in a press conference also in a letter she wrote a Written letter on a piece of paper mm -hmm. for all to see <laughs> for all to, to see. put into the internet exactly don't need to look on youtube for the clip <laughs> look for the paper on the internet 
I mean, talk about a country that has just experienced so much tragedy, she said. And this is what she said in a press conference. And we really have to do a lot more to recognize that as a member of the Western Hemisphere, we've got to support some very basic needs that the people of Haiti have to get back up and to do what folks naturally want to do, be them from Haiti or in the countries in Central America. People want to stay home. They don't want to leave home, but they leave when they cannot satisfy their basic needs. Have you ever in your life heard those words uttered from one person in the Trump administration? And prior to Biden, we didn't hear one Republican utter these words either. Vice President Kiki went one step further in her letter. And the shit, like we just said, is in writing. She said, the situation brought to mind how such tactics regarding the uh, white men on horses have been used against the indigenous people of our country, have been used against African-Americans during times of slavery. Human beings should not be treated that way. The vice president added that she supported the Department of Homeland Security's internal investigation into their matter. There needs to be consequences and accountability. The agent's behavior is horrible and deeply troubling. Kiki, you make me proud. Now, there are a lot of problems to be corrected, and like I said, every one of those bare-back dickbags needs to get f fired with prejudice. On the other hand, the Border Patrol people are overwhelmed, overworked, underpaid, and definitely have a mental health situation that developed from working that job. And understaffed. And understaffed. I can only imagine yeah. how depressing and horrifying and sad that must be, dealing with people at their rock bottom and most vulnerable, people who just need help, or people who have nothing left to live for and will slit your throat for a sandwich. I'm sick of the Biden bashing. That's what I'm here to say. I'm I, sick of it. I, I, I mean... I'm beyond, beyond, <laughs> beyond fucking sick of it. I don't appreciate Megan McCain going on Twitter and making it okay that fucking Erica Girardi <laughs> can sit and fucking make her her husband who right under her nose robbed and people blind mm -hmm. for years oh, but she had nothing to do with it but somehow kamala harris and joe biden <laughs> sitting up in washington dc know what some errant racist wackadoo <laughs> texas rapist is doing at fucking brownsville texas right it's a huge giant bureaucratic nightmare mm -hmm. not everybody knows what everyone else is doing and the same with chuck todd who tried to fucking cop an attitude while talking to megan mccain mm -hmm. who works at msnbc and NBC, and I wanted to say, hey, Merkin face, <laughs> is it your fault Matt Lauer raped a thousand people in his right. fucking locked office? No, it isn't, That's bitch. Right. You That's didn't right. know what Matt Lauer was up to. <laughs> so you don't blame the people at the top for what's going on. Maybe, I mean, is anyone coming for Oprah? For whatever happened to her fucking school? Like, right. use a little common fucking sense. Take, just take a seat for a second. Imagine yourself in the situation. If you think this administration isn't trying to make things better, I don't know what to tell you. The Democrats and the liberal media especially need to start highlighting the good shit and defending JoJo and Kiki. And one more thing. If if you're up in any timeline talking about, oh, the fucking immigration, the Haitians and the thing and the 15,000 and the thing and the thing... I better see another thing in your timeline about the 50,000 and the over a million in Southern California and in L.A. At Skid Row alone, we have over 50,000. Correct. So, and that's people at their rock bottom who are definitely, absolutely being abused. They're being abused mm -hmm. by each other. They're massively unsafe. They're starving. There's people who aren't even homeless who are food insecure who are starving. So if you're not tweeting about that or Facebooking about that every single day, Megan McCain, I'm looking at you, then you don't really fucking care about people who are down on their luck. Absolutely. That's what we're, that's what, that's what, uh, thank you. These immigration surges are overwhelming and stressful and they're, they're just trying to do their best. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I know it's controversial, but we cannot allow every human being into this country during a pandemic. We're still in a pandemic. There are just some you you the the the, the there's not enough food. They're we're overpopulated. Just the world is exploding. <laughs> we're coming apart at the seams, and. It's just not possible. You don't get to rail against wearing a mask or refuse people inside a restaurant and then cry about 15,000 people entering the country, many without any identification or health status. Yep. We literally can't not wear a mask into a restaurant. And these people don't. You think they're wearing a mask? They're not. And we're in a still in a pandemic like there's you worried about the the hospitals and who takes a hospital bed okay well fifteen thousand new people just showed up so there's definitely room if, to a certain extent but there has to be some uh and like alejandro, alejandro america said it, with a humane heartfelt you know respectful manner of trying to figure out and how to help people and what to do but jojo and kiki and ali alejandro know and understand the humanity and depth of pain and nuance that is involved with these scenarios. And we need to be grateful as fuck that they do. You want Trump dealing with this? You want fucking Reagan dealing with this? Or any any fucking Republican that I see on television? I don't. Republicans never, ever have been and never will be uh, empathetic like this or care about other people. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care how big a fucking wall you build. It isn't going to stop 15,000 desperate people from setting up a camp right outside that wall. And everyone not- coming for Jen Psaki, including John fucking Oliver, he can go fuck right off all the way to the sun too. <laughs> Don't ever fucking come for Jen Psaki. Yeah. We're looking at Sean Spicer and fucking Tabitha K- Kaylee Menekinik doo-doo. <laughs> like, dude, I don't want, and Meghan McCain's coming for Jen Psaki too. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not having no, it. No, I'll take all their faults and all their mistakes and all their foibles over any of those people anytime to understand that these people are really trying to do something good for somebody else. We need to appreciate and support Ale Alejandro Mayorkas and Vice President Kiki, and they navigate these hideous waters and try and figure out the best course of action, even with the best immigration policy. No one is ready for 15,000 people wading through a fucking river to make a camp at your doorstep we need to give them some room and time and support and i for one am here for that i am so grateful for kiki and ale ale alejandro and i love that she wrote that letter and is voicing her abject horror and disgust of those border agents and they're doing a full investigation which i hope will lead to them all getting fired and in the meantime let's give them a fucking break and a minute to do their jobs so there's that So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics as we have been ranting and raving, I'm very mad at Meghan McCain. (laughs) Please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. We do two a week every week. They're both an hour and we post them on Sundays. So you have all week to listen to them whenever you want. They're only a dollar each, and when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free, ad-free, timeless podcasts. If you want to hear one now, 
to see what it's like before you commit. The link to the free episode is in the description of this podcast, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. The episode is called Windows Up Sing Time. And you can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or computer. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything. It's super easy. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We're trying to get to 2021 reviews by the end of 2021. Okay? We set the goal at the beginning of this year, and we're like 40 away. And now it looks like we're not going to fucking make it. We only have three months, October, November, December, to get 40. Wow. Three goes into 40, like what, 13 times? 14, three times 40. Yeah, like 13. That's 13. I mean... I, I don't even know if we're going to make it. We wrote it on our on our checks. We lit a candle. We wrote our goals, and their, our intentions at the beginning of the year. It's just hard to get 14 people to leave 2,000 different <laughs> reviews, my mouth. Oh, no. Now, we did get one from Shmelissa, which I'm assuming is her second review since she put her name as Shmelissa Second. <laughs> and the title of the review oh. is Brandy Don't Hate Me. Oh, God. Which I can only interpret to mean that she doesn't want me to get mad that it's taken so long for her to get her ass <laughs> on there and leave another review. Uh, that sounds about right. Better late than never, Shmelissa. Here's what she said. If you've made it this far to read the review, the podcast is already for you. Think Pod Save America meets Reality Gaze. Then you just find a way to laugh as you cry. Blah, 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 blah. Julie and Brandy are unreal. Listen and do the Patreon too. Oh, Shmelissa, thank you so much. <laughs> just, what do you mean? We'd rather you not promote other podcasts in our review, but it's still good. It's fine. Thank you so much. <laughs> it is fine. Okay. Please. Anyone. Anyone. All of you. Shmelissa, in fact, <laughs> go and be Clemissa. Go be Chlamydialissa. Go yeah, on the there. Fourth. Say you the hate fifth. us. Leave one star. We don't care. We need those numbers. I will be literally shook if we had all year to get like 50 reviews and we could only get 10. Like, it's so. Come on, 14 listeners. Come on. And if you don't listen to us on Apple, good for fucking you. We despise those money-grubbing, gatekeeping, power-mongering, elitist assholes. So we encourage everyone to live their best antitrust life. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And late. <laughs> Again. Well. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dine because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet Transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. 
We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> 